Tips from Trestle is brought to you by eMenu Choice Point of Sale and Clark Food Service Equipment. Welcome to Tips from Trestle, the Senior Living Food and Hospitality Podcast. This podcast explores the senior living industry with a unique focus on food, hospitality, and the community experience. I'm your host, Aaron Fish. My goal for this podcast, educate, inform, and inspire leaders in senior living. How? By bringing the resident and customer experience to the front of mind in our industry. We should bring the passionate spirit of food and hospitality to everything that we do and everyone we serve each and every day. So what are we waiting for? Let's get to it. Joining me today on Tips from Trestle is Danny Merlino. Danny is currently the Vice President of Strategic Development for Grow Your Occupancy. With over 20 years of experience in the senior living industry, Danny excels in sales training, occupancy building, culture renovation, and financial profitability. Grounded in the roots of the industry, Danny relies on her past experiences of starting at the ground level and growing into VP positions, as well as her thirst for knowledge and passion to improve the industry to effectively lead senior living communities to the ultimate success of high occupancy, financial sustainability, and customer satisfaction. Thanks for joining me today on Tips from Trestle, Danny. Hey, good to be here. Yeah, I'm excited about our conversation. Um, but you know, your your bio, that intro there, just talks about your many years of experience, but doesn't really go into detail. So I'd love to kind of learn a little bit about your journey in senior living uh, that led you to grow your occupancy. Okay, well, let me take you back 25 years. And <laughs> I was in eighth grade, 25 years or so, oh, wow. uh, was in eighth grade. And I had a uh, religion teacher who took our religion class and there was a nursing home across the street and we went and volunteered. And as eighth graders, you're like, seriously, like this is what <laughs> you know we're doing. So it's across the street, we walk across the street and back then in the olden days, you know, they still called it memory care, like units. So yeah. that's where I got assigned. And there is this sweet little, you know, grandma type lady sitting there holding a baby doll. And I knelt down beside her and said, Oh, can I see your baby? And she punched me and gave me a black eye. <clears throat> <laughs> and the nurse came up to me and, you know, made sure I was okay. And I was like, how did that happen? And she's like, don't worry about it, honey. She has Alzheimer's. And I was like, Alzheimer's? Like, what is this? Right. Yeah. So I took it upon myself to do my own research. Again, walking to the local library using the Dewey Decimal System to find <laughs> books on Alzheimer's. So piqued my interest. I started volunteering that summer before high school at this nursing home in the activity department. And at that young age of, you know, 13, 14, quickly realized that there has to be a better way to take care of our seniors. I left half heartbroken every single time, but also my heart was filled because of the time I got you know, to spend with them. So that's really where my passion grew. My first job was as a dietary aide in a local nursing home. 
Then I became a CNA, worked my way through high school and college as a CNA. And still to this day, if anybody asks me what's been your most rewarding job, I would say being a CNA, um, taking care of individuals and having them, you know, rely and trust on you and you're in their apartments or rooms and looking at their pictures and hearing their stories. It's, it's humbling and truly, truly blessing. Yeah. It's so, hard work too. It, extremely hard work. Oh my gosh. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Physically and, and emotionally and mentally. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So college, right? I, my first job was as a life enrichment coordinator at a CCRC. Um, super fun. Then I moved to the SNF world for a little bit, was an admissions director, licensed nursing home administrator. And then I had my um, opportunity to jump into the senior living, assisted living world as a executive director for a new build. And then just kept going from there, stayed in that community level for a while, landed my first regional role and just kept growing and have never looked back. My my mom used to tease me. She was always terrified that I was going to marry an 80-year-old man because I would be at like <laughs> McDonald's and look at like the coffee clutches and I'd be like, mom, look how cute they are. And she's like, you're 15, get over here. I'm like, I'm going to talk to them. So it is literally in my blood. It's all I know. And it's absolutely what I love to do day in and day out. Yeah. I just love hearing people's stories, right? Because it's always, I feel like you, you never mean to get into senior living on purpose, but once you do it and you realize, wow, what, what you do and the impact it has, like you can really make a difference in, in, in people just stay, right? It's such a, such a cool story to hear. So, um, well, one of the things I want to talk to you about was, um, you know, it's the first of the year here um, and community leaders are really starting to think about, all right, we got through the holidays where we need to ramp up start really doing a push for getting that census drive going and, and getting move-ins and, and building uh, what we're doing. And so um, how can community leaders really start develop marketing plans in that more collaborative and holistic way? Yeah, you know, 2023 was still a year of like, okay, we're going to give you a little bit of grace after COVID, but we better see those gains. Mm -hmm. And 2024 is COVID is out of the vocabulary in the sense in regards to occupancy struggles. So like do it or get out of the way, basically, right? Yeah. So marketing plans are extremely important. But what I find a lot of times um, as I'm talking with individuals and, and working with people is that they're jumping right to the marketing plan mm -hmm. without completing a few steps before getting to the marketing plan. You can't just jump in and, you know, see what happens. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I, I have seen and um, may be a little bit of guilty, guilty on this when I was an executive director was, you know, I would review a marketing plan, but I wouldn't necessarily always have input in it because I'd be like, all right, well, that's sales and marketing director's responsibility. Right. right. So, um, so when you talk about some of these steps that need to happen before that, where, where should uh, a community start? Where should they begin this, this plan? Yeah, and you're right. It's usually just thrown on the mar or the sales or marketing director's lap, and they're like, "Shoot, I have a deadline. I'm gonna fill this out as a task." And there you go. As a team, there's 
two prior steps. And one is completing a SWOT as an entire leadership team and also a competitive analysis. And then you can take that data and build your marketing plan. So, yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. Um, can you, you know, there may be some listeners that don't know what a SWOT analysis is. So can you kind of go into some detail about what is a SWOT, how you should use it when looking at marketing and sales and senior living? Yeah, I think SWATs are actually really fun to do. And it doesn't have to just be for sales marketing. You can utilize it for, you know, really any scenario or, or any department. So it's your strengths and your weaknesses and your opportunities and your threats. And again, this shouldn't just be the marketing or sales department doing this exercise. It should be your entire leadership team and actually even ideally your whole entire staff. Everybody has a different perception. We have to remember that, you know, perception is somebody's reality and that perception could actually be the same perception as a potential prospect or, or family member, right? So sitting down and working through this exercise individually and then bringing all of the results together and combining them. I love looking at maintenance directors, their spots. They're really, really, really insightful. You know, typically they're focused on, on the physical plant, right? So as team members, you know, we pull into the community. We may already be on the telephone dealing with a problem. We walk in the front door, we walk straight to our office and we get to work, right? So we're, we're narrow-minded and have these blinders on in the sense of maybe an executive director or sales director that uh, we have a million cigarette butts or nobody has put fresh mulch out. And, you know, those are first impressions, right? But the maintenance wow. director that is on his radar because he is one that is picking up those cigarette butts, you know, every single day. So it's really important to have everybody's perspective. And, you know, maybe the life enrichment director is a humble individual. So they're like, I, you know, not really talking about the activities and the life enrichment engagement side of it, but their culinary director then can fill in the pieces like, everybody's attending this activity and this programming that you're doing. We need to talk about this. You know, you're absolutely rocking it. So taking all of that, combining it, and then moving forward. Yeah. And there was something that you had mentioned as we were kind of getting ready for the podcast where you talked about marketing your strengths and, and then kind of marketing your competitors' weaknesses. Can you talk a little bit about that more? Yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely a piece when you get to marketing plan, planning piece that you need to keep in mind. So you're marketing what your strengths are. We want to talk about it. And leadership teams, a lot of times, like I said, they're humble. And so I'll sit down initially with them when they're doing a spot and they're like, well, I'm like, I see what you're doing on Facebook. You're doing some awesome things, or this was your you know, your survey results or look at your Google star reviews, look at what family members are saying about you. So don't be so humble. It's okay to brag a little bit. Let's market those strengths. But also we need to be meeting our competitors weakness. So, and we're going to talk a little bit here in a second about competitive analysis, but knowing your market, this is why it's so extremely important is if you know that one of your main competitors has had a revolving door with their clinical team, and your wellness director or your nurse has been there for five years, you better be marketing that. That shows stability, that shows excellent quality care. So market 
your competitors' weaknesses. Yeah, you're right. We, the segue into competitive analysis is important because you won't know what's going on without a competitive analysis. But you, when you look at a competitive analysis, when we were talking about this, you, you told me it's way more than just understanding like the, the apartment mix and the pricing and just kind of the, those basic things. There's really a lot more that needs to go into that. Technology continues to drive changes in senior care, and that includes food service. eMenu Choice is an award-winning point-of-service application for managing the dining function in senior living communities. This mobile, touchscreen-enabled software enhances the dining experience for residents while streamlining processes for staff. The flexibility and functionality of eMenu Choice makes it an effective solution for any type of senior living environment, from independent and assisted living to skilled nursing facilities. It works for production kitchens or restaurant-style service with options for per-meal or a la carte pricing and accommodates a variety of payments, including bill-to-account, meal credits, and credit cards. Created by a senior care provider with more than a century of experience serving older adults, eMenu Choice eliminates communication barriers between staff and residents while enabling person-centered choices and greater resident satisfaction. eMenu Choice, transforming dining for senior living. So much more. And you know, that's, people will do their competitive analysis and they'll get super freaked out about the pricing, the market rates of their competitors. And they'll be like, oh, we're so much over. Like, how are we ever going to, you know, fill these beds, fill these apartments? And I'm like, okay, wait a second. There's a lot more that goes into this. So, you know, even amenities aside, let's look at signature rooms. Let's look at the um, length and longevity of, of your leadership team, right? Let's look at our dining. Let's look at what our residents are saying. And then we can compare. Let's look at our vendor and partners. Are we utilizing an in-house or a, a therapy mm -hmm. partner and our competitor isn't? That's huge. So pricing is one thing, but people are, when you create that value, they overlook overlook that pricing aspect of it and go for the big picture and, and the value of it. So don't get freaked out about pricing. And if after you do the, your competitive analysis and you realize that you're the A community, stand by those prices, stand by those market rates, be proud of them. Yeah, this is, this is where we're at because this is everything you get that you get. This is the value. Yeah. You know, I, it's funny that it, there's so many parallels when I talk to operators and I, I do workshops or, or presentations, I talk about your food programs, right? In the same way about, well, everybody gets anxious about, well, we can't charge more for food because nobody will buy it. Well, it, is it because your food is bad or is it because you're worried about that price point and what it really is? But if you're providing value, people will pay for it. it they just want to know that I'm getting money's worth. And I yeah. think you're right when you talk about Hey, if I'm an A community, I should be getting a raise. Yep, absolutely. So, um, so as you're kind of thinking about the all the SWOT analysis, and you've got all this information from all the various uh, department leaders and individuals, and you've done that competitive analysis where you look at programmings, like 
What's the community feel like? You know, you've done those mystery shop calls, things like that. Um, how do you take all of this now and build that marketing plan? Because the, the marketing plan that we talked about at the beginning was probably more like task oriented, right? Like I got to do these things to check these boxes. Now I've got a whole lot more, uh, you know, robust input of, okay, now I've really got some, some meat here that I can build on. How does that information inform how you should build a marketing plan? Right. So now you have all these building blocks. So then your marketing plan, it literally just unfolds. You have your strengths, you have your weaknesses, you know where you stand in the market, and then you just target your audiences accordingly. It will fall into place there. Just keep in mind the strengths, your competitors, weaknesses, and it literally, it, it just unfolds. What, a little piece too here that we tend to forget is utilizing our residents for our marketing. Yeah. You know, we do a great job social media wise, like on Facebook, you know, posting pictures and, and events and whatnot, but get your residents together and, you know, or ask individually, like, okay, was it the $15,000 ad that I placed, you know, next in the newspaper, next to the obituaries that really got you to move here? Or was it the two community events that, that you came to, right? So get that, that feedback. It's like an awesome case study right there at, at your fingertips of, of what's working. Other piece with, with the marketing plans too is focusing on, on that ROI. If you are doing these previous steps, if you are utilizing your CRM and truly tracking where your prospects are coming from, you no longer have to just throw spaghetti on the wall and, you know, see, see what sticks, right? You know, the greatest value, what your return is. And so then maybe you're not spending $15,000 on, on a newspaper or maybe you are, and that's yeah. okay. Just utilize your CRM and, and that data in, in your marketing plan. Yeah. Talking about using residents, you know, it's, it's funny to me because we all know inherently that as soon as we engage residents, they will give us all the information we need. They're going to be more than willing to tell us their, their story, how they got there, all of the ins and outs. And I mean, there, that's, that in and of itself is data points, right? Yeah. And I think we struggle sometimes in senior living with, we have so many different data points that in all the different departments that we can utilize, um, you have to obviously filter it and sift through it and figure out what makes sense. But, you know, having a plan and, and really attacking it with that uh, understanding of, of how do I get the ROI out of this makes a ton of sense. And so, um, so when you, when you think about all of that though, one thing I, I've, I've always kind of seen is, you know, you can't do all of the things you just talked about without getting the whole team involved. Right. Yeah. And so how, how do you bring it all back and say, all right, this isn't just the marketing and sales and marketing director's responsibility. Once we've done this initial stuff, like how do we make that happen in the broader sense? Yeah. And it can be so fun too. A lot of times team members are jealous of the marketing director because like they just see them like going out and, you know, grabbing coffee and, you know, stopping by and seeing someone. Right? And they're yeah. like, you always get to leave. You never have to be here. Like <laughs> it, involve your other team members. Yeah. 
you know, your transportation driver is dropping a resident off at a doctor's appointment. Hey, here you go. Here's a cute picture of one of their patients and an update and, you know, our signature cookie. Let them be involved. It, you won't be successful <clears throat> if you solely rely on your marketing director, especially if they're doing the sales piece too. There's only so many hours in the day. So when you're building this marketing plan, you're going to do a little bit of a dividing and conquering, but just make sure that people are doing something that, that they're comfortable with. I, um, my maintenance director, when I was an executive director, I'm like, all right, Jim, you have to do something for me. Like, where are you comfortable going? He's like, hardware store. I was like, right on. All right, cool. Can you do a little pitch for me? Can you get them to do this? Or can we do, you know, a little tour uh, with our residents and let them come in? And he's like, oh yeah, I know all the guys. I can do that. I'll talk about our community. I was like, all right, cool. So even just little conversations or starting small baby steps of getting somebody, you know, comfortable talking about the community and you know, I think probably he more had conversations of, I love the paint color that we picked for our, you know, yes. dining room and it looks really great, but you also don't know that word of mouth, you know, that, that hardware store owner who he knows if he, right. you know, had mom at some point in time. So just any positive conversations word of mouth are extremely beneficial. And then you're building the sales culture without even knowing and everybody's involved and nobody left out and you have a solid team. Yeah. No, I, I find that, you know, I think about like the chefs in this process, right. And there are, you know, I, I, I know this is a stereotype, but chefs like the showboat, right? Like they yeah. show off that what they do. And it just seems to me like it's a, this is the perfect opportunity to be like, all right, well then let drag that chef out, like show them off, let them, go do things like maybe there's a, a culinary competition and it's a bunch of restaurants. I've seen where senior living chefs have gotten involved in those community cooking competitions with restaurants and have won because they're talented and they do a good job. And there's just, it's free publicity, free marketing, free advertising. And it's just, it's a fun thing for the chef to do because they're in their comfort zone. Absolutely. So, so many opportunities like that. So absolutely. Um, as we wrap up, you know, there's there's so much here you've shared and it's really great information, but what's probably the one big takeaway that you would share with the listeners about all of this? Because there's so much that we've talked about. I want them to kind of go away knowing that, all right, if I know this, I understand this, I can be successful with this information that Danny shared today. Okay, I'll give you two. Okay, perfect. Okay, don't just jump right into a marketing plan do your legwork first. Your marketing plan is going to be much more successful and fruitful. And the other thing is to understand that marketing plans are a working document. So just because you have one for Q1 doesn't mean that you can't pivot later on throughout the quarter if for whatever reason you, you have a different need or something were to happen at community, there's a new build all of a sudden or whatever the instance may be, you're not stuck with that marketing plan. It is designed to be a working document. I see a lot of times people say, oh, but I have to do that. I have to do it. It's on my marketing plan. And I'm like, uh -huh. well, does it even make sense now? And they're like, well, no, but I wrote it down. No, 
no, why don't waste time? Don't waste money, right? Like that doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Think of something else. What's going to make sense now? Life, life happens, economy changes, situation changes, care level vacancies change all of the time. Yeah, no, that's such a great, great, great advice. I think a lot of times, like you said, people don't realize that. So um, I love it. So, um, so how can people contact you, learn more about you, learn about Grow Your Occupancy, uh, share your information for everybody? Yeah, absolutely. So our website is growyouroccupancy.com. My email is danny at growyouroccupancy.com. And you can also find me on LinkedIn. I'm on there all the time. So reach out. Perfect. Well, Danny, this has been a great conversation. I love the the, the, the approach and the, the forethought that you've put into, like, don't just jump into a marketing plan. There's a lot more that goes into it. So thank you so much for sharing all of your expertise and for joining me today on Tips and Trestle. Yeah, thank you for having me. So there it is, everybody. Another one in the books. Thanks again for tuning in. Please follow, like, and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on social media at Tips from Trestle. You can also learn more about the work I do by following me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and even TikTok. And be sure to check out Trestle Hospitality Concepts at www.trestlehospitalityconcepts.com. I'm your host, Aaron Fish. And this has been another episode of Tips from Trestle.